Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome back into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We're nearing the middle of October, Brentley. It's scary to think, and I say it each and every fall season. We're on the back half of the fall campaign. Some teams have already wrapped up their fall seasons, or if not, will do so in the next week or two. But I know October 15th, we're, we're <laughs> on the cusp of that day. The I mean, that's day. how you start that's how you started off the rundown. Why are you anxiously waiting for October 15th? Because April 15th is tax day. So this isn't like half tax day, is it? Hey, am I the only one who typically is pretty excited about tax day? Because it, it always means you're getting a big, big check in the mail or direct deposited. I wish I could uh, subscribe to that same philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, then maybe I should just shut up. But you know, October fifteenth, it's a big day. It's the release of the very first highly anticipated Spike Mark ranking. So, whether whether we get one or not, and how good it is or how bad it is, that's to be determined. But I, I know I'm not the only one that's very anxious uh, for Sunday. I I don't know if it's going to be a morning release or or an evening release or. Or what? Or if what it's going to get released at eleven fifty nine at night, so no one sees it. Um, I'm I'm intrigued, but I I did notice that on Spike Mark's website, Burko, they used to have a this very in depth explanation of the ranking, and now that page uh, seems to be down. So uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You you've been all over this story, and as we've said in previous uh, pods. We're all for it. We all love college golf. If you're listening, you're a fan of in some capacity. But let's not sugarcoat it. It has been a disaster from the get-go. <clears throat> what do you think the prospects are? And they're seemingly progressing in the right direction. What do you think that on October 15th, we actually see not only some type of ranking system, but one that truly encompasses what it should be that's such a hard question burger to answer because i i honestly have no idea and i i would be i wouldn't be surprised at anything i'll put it that way but i just have a hard time getting on board with a ranking that doesn't factor in or at least doesn't seem like it will be factoring in what the ncaa committee has gone off of for years and what golf stat had built it to ranking around. And that's just pure head to head stroke differential. I, I, the, the bucket of points method has been tried before it's failed before Mark Lash at the very early stages of golf stat 
um, realized that, that that type of ranking was not going to work, which led to the ranking that we had seen the last couple of decades. But I, I'm just, I'm very skeptical, but like you said, it's got to work. It's got to work well. And I hope it does. I just, I need to see it first. Yeah. We'll certainly talk about that next week. Uh, hopefully all in a very positive light. Um, a lot of good golf since we last, uh, reconvened or convened one or the other, right. That makes sense. I think <laughs> Stevens cup year three, uh, inaugural event. We were at the Elotion club in Arkansas last year down at Seminole this year, Trinity Forest in the Dallas area. We'll start with the ladies. Boy, the defending national champs look good, look solid. Wake Forest picking up the win, you know, the 54 holes of stroke play, scattered through two days into a day of of match play. Um, It's just the fall. It's just mid-October. They look like they're poised right now to be uh, one of those teams making it to match play and maybe a deep run of going back to back. Yeah. Th- this is a team that we obviously knew was going to have to replace not only the on the course uh, measurables, but the, the immeasurables as well. The leadership capabilities of uh, Amelia Miliacho and Lauren Walsh, in addition to, I think it was 12 combined top tens, if I did the math correctly from last year. So that was always going to be a challenge but I did know that Wake and their coaches, Kim Llewellyn and Ryan Potter, were very high on this freshman uh, Macy Paid, and she's factored in the lineup all four events now. She won her anchor match, ended up getting that decisive point in the final against Texas. Very impressed by the way Wake was able to close stroke play, climb a couple spots into that championship match. And unlike last year, uh, they they can leave with uh, with with the match play victory. So this is a team that. And, and we talked about it on the pregame show uh, a couple days ago, but this is a team that may have lost a lot, um, but you certainly can't count them out considering that everyone else in the country had to replace at, you know, some some sort of level of talent. Yeah, 3-2 victory for Wake Forest over Texas. Those two teams uh, tied through stroke play, so one or two seed, however you want to look at it. But yeah, you continue to see what Coach Murphy's done at Texas. Talented lineups through the years. You know, I wonder, is this the season where we see that breakthrough deep in the match play uh, to try to pay off the talent that you've got in, in Bentley Cotton and, and Bo Park and, and Lauren Kim, who won individually? I mean, a lot of good players in Austin. Yeah, I, I, I hate to say it, but there's got to be some sort of luck involved for Texas to win a national title this year. And the reason I say that is I I, I look at luck as Coach Murphy's just going to have to have and, and hope for all these players, or at least most of them firing at the same time and peaking at the right time, because there's not in this lineup, there's not a, a Rachel Keene or an Ingrid Lindblad. There's not like a clear cut stud who you really feel comfortable that's going to bring it every day. But that said, very, very deep, very, very solid. He's certainly um, going to have a lot to choose from once we get into the uh, into the postseason. He left some very good players at home. And I'm really high on a couple of these freshmen uh, that Coach Murphy has. And Lauren Kim, she won the Canadian Women's Amateur this summer. Farrah O'Keefe 
qualified for the U.S. Women's Open and then the next week went out and made the quarters of the girls' junior. So these are two players who may not have, you know, have garnered all the headlines as as junior golfers, but we're certainly going to be seeing a lot more of them. And obviously we did that this week with Lauren Kim getting the individual title. Stanford women, a good week, not a great week. Um, You... And I try to knock on some doors, get a sense of where was Rachel Heck as she wasn't in the lineup. We truly never got any response of tangible (laughs) credibility. Um, And we'll leave that as such. She wasn't in the lineup without Rachel Heck in that lineup. And I said it before we came came on. Stanford's just a, a good team, maybe a really good team. And usually really good teams don't win at all. Don't want to get caught up in one three-day event, but it does make you wonder why is this a, you know, she's dealt with injuries. She's dealt with health concerns. Uh, by no means am I speculating anything. Let's just r- go back a step. Without Rachel Heck in that lineup, Stanford is a, a top 10 team, maybe a top five team, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I think people will want to point to last spring where she only played one round. Uh, the entirety of that semester, but that Stanford team had Rose Zhang. I mean, she was the ultimate eraser. It didn't matter what four other players you you trotted out there with her. Um, she, she was going to put your team in a good position to win. I, I still think Stanford is a match play team, potentially without Rachel Heck. Um, I, I would assume that she'll be in the lineup by the time we get to the postseason in May, but you never know. I, I, I think there are some other injury concerns. I mean, Caroline uh, Sturza has has had back injury, uh, serious back injury in the past. Um, so you just kind of wonder, can, can this team stay healthy? And I, I think the answer is if they can't, we're probably not seeing them win an NCAA team title. But if they can, I mean, Mega Ghani has already won this fall. Sadie Engelman took a huge step forward. Kelly Shue, um had had a, a semi breakout summer and this freshman Paula Martin San Pedro from Spain a, a lot of the headlines are on her countrywoman Cata Fernandez uh Garcia Poyo but she's really good too and she had a really good week this week so Stanford still has the horses they just they're going to need some some things to go their way health-wise yeah, and you never doubt, especially in October, what Ann Walker as a head coach has done there for a decade. But we talk about it weekly, and that's something that certainly jumped off the page uh, for both of us. From the women to the men at the Stevens Cup, great week for Tiger Christensen from Arizona. FSU and those Wildcats battling it out in that championship match. Impressive showing from Florida State. I think you and I have always felt like, okay, they're good. They could be really good. Can they make that jump up? Maybe this is the season. But sort of for both those programs, I think they leave this year's Stevens Cup feeling pretty good about what their squads are uh, halfway through the fall season. This has been the DNA, I think, of, of Arizona in that it's been very up and down the last few seasons for them. But when they're good, they're really good. I mean, you don't have to go too far back two seasons ago where they were 11th at the Pac-12s and then turn around and win an NCAA regional. Last year, they beat a lot of really good teams, including their eventual national champion, Florida Gators, at the NIT. 
and then an, another very good week this week. So uh, Jim Anderson's done a great job. He's had to replace some talent. I think Tiger is a star in the making. And then on the flip side, Florida State, you could say it's been a disappointing fall, but they, they've yet to be at full strength. They finally got Frederick Ketrup back in the lineup after three tournaments off. He's going to head right to the World Amateur Team Championships where two of his teammates, Tyler Weaver and Jack Bigham, the Walker Cupper, already are. They missed the Stevens Cup. So Trey Jones, it, it this is a perfect opportunity for him to get some guys' experience, like a Gray Albright who opened, I believe he opened in 65, uh, at, at Trinity Forest. So he's just getting some experience throughout the lineup in case he needs it. I have a feeling that when, once we get to about mid-March, Florida State's really going to be rolling. We talked about some question marks for the women of Stanford. Same with the men, you know, indifferent performance and no knock on the guys in the lineup. But without Michael Thor Bjornsson, they're almost very similar to Rachel Heck. They're just not the same team. Yeah, and and both really great players. I, I would argue that Thor is a bigger loss at this point just because we're talking about a guy who was number one in PGA Tour University until this week. He should have been a Walker Cupper, but the stress fracture in his back took him out of that. This is a guy who finished fourth in a PGA Tour event in, in, in the past year and a half. So he, he's he's just he's one of the best players in college golf, maybe – one of the top two or three, depending on who you ask. So I, I did catch up with Conrad Ray, the the head coach of, of Stanford last week, and just asking for an update on Thor's progress. And there's still not a definitive timetable to when he'll be back competing. I think the hope is at some point early to mid-spring season, that could be a possibility. But he's going to start swinging the golf club again in early December and kind of see how it goes. But he did say that his progress is ahead of schedule. And this was a big week too, though, on, on the health front for another Cardinal, though, Burko. I, I wrote a story about this earlier this week. Uh, Jake Bieber Frankel, for those who don't know who he is, he was part of that 2020 signing class with Thor Bjornsson and Carl Phillips, was an AJGA All-American. He's the son of, of David Frankel, who's the Hollywood director who directed Devil Wears Prada, and and I would assume Burko that this might be a Burkowski household favorite movie. But Marley and Me, have have you seen it? Oh, have I seen it? I caught the second half of it flipping around in recent weeks, and I will <laughs> own it by the end of it. I'm absolutely bawling. Oh, it's it's the saddest movie. And Jake actually says he hasn't seen it in a, quite a long time because it's just too sad for him to watch. But he didn't really have the uh, kind of the greatest start to his college career. It was during the pandemic. He was struggling with his game. But then last May, early May, after playing in the Western Intercollegiate at Pasa Tiempo, a couple of weeks after that, he woke up and he had some numbness in his, his hands. He couldn't move his right arm. And he was diagnosed with a wing scapula, um, which is kind of a nerve uh, neurological issue that, that, that affects the muscles and causes the Shoulder blades. I I don't know. I'm I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to get too into the details. But it was it's been a very tough 18 months on Jake. Finally got into the lineup, closed in 67. Was the low man on the team. So hats off to to Jake Bieber Frankel this week. Uh, you know, on on getting back in and 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 playing pretty well. 
Yeah, it's a really good article. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, another well-written piece uh, by you and uh, kind of puts it in perspective as much as we love college golf, golf sports, um, honestly pales in comparison to people's well-being, health, uh, and, and truly what matters. Uh, we go to the Williams Cup, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in North Carolina, Tar Heels getting the job done, beating Auburn. Really good team. You pose the question, who's better, them or Vandy? And initially I say yes. Yeah, because I, I'm pretty much seeing what I wanted to see from both of those schools the first six, seven weeks of, of this new campaign. Of They're in the mix. They battle one another when they're in the same field. For the most part, they take care of business when they're not at the same tournament. Um, no disrespect to Arizona State or anyone else. Sign me on the do- – I mean, I will go into the bank account. You can go get your IRS tax <laughs> refund that you're so uh, proudly deserve. Um, I want to see these two teams in that championship match. And, and I say it because it truly reminds me of Texas and Bama from 11 years ago when you had Spieth and you had Thomas and – they were clearly the two best teams in the country. One dominated the fall, one dominated the spring. I think we have the possibility for these two teams to separate and just sort of say, we're going to go win four or five times. We're going to go win four or five times. We're going to have multiple All-America selections. Uh, and we know we need to get some luck to have that actually come to fruition. But uh, they're right there. It, it truly is a toss-up toss up for me do you think any of these extra irs agents listen to college golf talk maybe i shouldn't openly talk about uh i might get popped r-o-m-i-n-e what do you think if you had to say it right now middle of october i truly think they're right there i can make an argument either way and have no problem about it i mean i'm going to give the slide edge to vanderbilt just only because of the head-to-head uh at Colonial getting that that very slim victory. But at the same time, Auburn beat Vanderbilt at the SEC preview. UNC just beats Auburn handily. So it's one of those things that I think I can safely say that these are the two best teams. I mean, Auburn would, would probably get mad at me. My wife would probably get, get mad at me. But I, I, I do view them as just maybe a half a tier lower. But um yeah, this is the this is the collision course, like you said. I I think the only question is who's Jordan Spieth and who's Justin Thomas. Are are we saying Gordon Sargent's playing the role of Jordan Spieth and uh, maybe David yeah. Ford? Uh, yeah, it's not the freshman. And when I said that, I'm like, it's not quite the perfect comparison. It's close. But it, well, North but Carolina's got like four up. Justin Thomases. Yeah, it, it's the uh, it's the alpha dog. You know, whether it's Ford or Greaser, of uh, it, it's it's promising moving forward, which I think excites all of us. Uh, you throw out the fact, uh, the defending champs, the Gators, Luke Poulter leading the way, tied for the 11th. And you said, well, what, what are, you know, or what is the state of the Gators? And I caught up with JC Deacon, the Florida head coach earlier today. And he's like, it's there. There's possibilities. They got a lot to learn and it's really up to Dudley and him and, and JC to, to coach him up. We're going to see another different lineup from them. 
uh, in their next event. But with Luke Poulter leading the way, and I asked JC, what's been your biggest surprise personnel-wise, good and bad? And he said, Luke Poulter is an absolute stud. Yeah, surprising. <laughs> I mean, not not super surprising, but just based on, it's kind of the John Daly the second storyline. This hadn't got, gotten any run. Uh, comes out of nowhere. Pleasant surprise. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. John Dubois has been in and out of the lineup. He had been such a solid fixture uh, behind the big three, but the big three aren't there anymore. Castillo, Yushin Lin, Fred Biondi, you know, times change. So it, I'll be curious to watch the development, the fallbacks, because they're going to have it, and, and how you respond. So, um, you know, I thought going into the season it was going to be challenging. JC reiterated that. But he said there there is promise there, which is all you want to hear about. You've got kids that other than – Dubois and Matthew Cress with some experience. Like there are some youngsters getting sort of thrown to the wolves and they're going to get beat up. And I think they'll continue to get beat up a little bit, but can you get better? Can you learn and, and hopefully find your way in the spring? And they always have that national championship trophy to, to look on in the, the golf house. Uh, Nick Gabrelsic. I love it. We got five there in uh, Gainesville. Gabrelsic co-medalist with David Ford. Uh, two Walker Cup teammates, Nick Gabrelsic, another name maybe that doesn't get the run he deserves, uh, wrapping up his time at the University of North Florida. Um, I get a kick out of seeing the great ones, the very good ones, play golf, play golf, win tournaments, and show everyone just how ready they are uh, for the next level. Uh, quick pivot, Big 12 match play, Texas beating Baylor 4-1 in the final um, you said, is Texas a top five team? Question mark. Um, not there yet, in my opinion. Probably six through ten. Um, but the young kids from a year ago finding their footing. And I think that's a good sign if you're head coach John Fields. And they do it without Tommy Boy in the lineup, too. So I, I think that uh, Fields showing off a little bit of depth. Good to see Nathan Petronzio. I believe he went four and one four and one along with uh, Brian Stark this week. So the SMU transfer finally, finally getting his footing in uh, Austin. And I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, if, if they're not five right on the nose there, they are in uh, that six to 10 range, which I mean, when the season ended last year, I, I don't think we could have predicted that. So um, definitely, yeah. definitely surprising. And then uh, OU beating tech for fifth concerns for you if it's for both yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i was going to say for either program what you know what what worries you maybe about the lack of inconsistency maybe is the best way to phrase it uh with this new season yeah i i think it's i think it's different for both teams we'll start with texas tech i i think you know what you have at the top of the lineup with callum scott i mean he has the potential to be, I don't want to say a first-team All-American, but at least an All-American of some sort. And it's just depth, I think, for the Red Raiders. And then on the flip side, you know, Hibble's got a got a lot of depth uh, in Norman right now, but I, I don't know if he's really had a, a guy like Drew Goodman step up consistently yet. And I, I know he's probably 
grinning from ear to ear, seeing how Luke Kluver's played so far this fall after kind of being forgotten about um, since transferring from Kansas. So I, I think I'm more concerned about Texas Tech, Oklahoma. They have a lot of depth. It's just going to be, can Drew Goodman make more putts? Uh, can he be the player, the top 15 player in the country that I think he can be? And can I, can one of those freshmen step up? Ryder Cowan um, played the Big 12 match play. P.J. Maybank's got the chops. I mean, we've seen what what he's done in amateur competition as a high schooler. So the, the pieces are there for Oklahoma. It's just they, they have time, right? But it's going to be a matter of, of figuring out um, – who who are going to be the five? Because I do believe that at some point early in the spring, you, you gotta have you, you gotta have a, a good core. If if not five guys, you gotta have a solid four that you can say, look, you're you're going the rest of the way, like get it together. Because you can't play musical chairs in late April. I, I just don't think I don't think that works. UCF work to do. Big move in conferences and yeah. uh, pour, pour, pour one out for the Knights, uh, four, 14th. <laughs> Only won one yeah. match, too. Oh, my gosh. Be careful what you wish for, right? It's good to be part hey, of a it's, power It was a football conference. move, Burko. Come on. It, it was it was it's all always, football. The, the, the it's Gus always bus, a football move. The yeah. Gus bus has a flat tire right now, but they're going to get rolling again. They're, give it time. Give it a few years and mark my words. And the next – Five years, UCF will win a Big 12 title in football. Because the best two teams are leaving. Oh, you could say that, but still. Oh, right. that, that is the fact. The best two teams will be in the best conference in the land next year. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't disagree there. So, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the women, they had it going in uh, Tar Heel land. Ruth Chris uh, Invitational. Florida, eight-shot win over Auburn. Back-to-back victories for the Gators. Ingrid Lindblad, Latana Stone, they co-medal for LSU. Their nine-shot victory over Ole Miss as we sort of go right to the SEC. Perfect segue of what team in the fall right now is the best in the Southeastern Conference. And I'm going to say I think the Gators at this point, you win a couple of tournaments. Now do they have the best one through five? I did not think you were going I mean, here, Virgo. I didn't think well, you were if, if you ask if you ask me in May, I think it's different. But yeah, right now, right now, Florida's winning. Maisie Filler wins, shoots thirteen under. Um, they, they're doing exactly what they should do in the fall. I think Auburn's got postseason experience. We always talk about a U.S. amateur or women's amateur hangover for Megan Scofield. Uh, I think LSU has the best lineup in the SEC. But I've said that the last couple of years, and they haven't found a way to do something at the national championships. And and Ole Miss is, has reloaded pretty nicely, in my opinion, a couple of years removed from their national title. Yeah, it's. And oh, by it's, the way, we haven't even we haven't even mentioned South Carolina. Well, I was just going to mention South Carolina. Although, what what's the opposite of being a prisoner of the moment? I guess like it could be prisoner of the moment the other way around. But they they just haven't they, they haven't played well the last two events. I, I think you got to maybe give them a a mulligan because the final round of the blessings was canceled, so they had no opportunity to better that fifth place position after thirty six holes. But when you win the Annika Intercollegiate in the field that we see year in and year out for that event. 
um, up in Minnesota. That's that's a huge boost. But prisoner of the moment the other way, I'm going to go with LSU because I think that they have the best player in the conference by far in Ingrid Lindblad. They have maybe a, another top five player in the conference when she's on in Latana Stone. They both share the, the individual medalist honors um, at Illinois' tournament at Medina uh, just a couple of days ago. So th- they've had two really solid tournaments, really good tournaments, and then one stinker at Vanderbilt. But um, again, it's there's so many great teams. I, I think, again, and you could say this for all of women's college golf right now, the top 10 teams in the country, they've all kind of had their moments of good and had their moments of, of not so good. But right now, if, if I'm predicting who's going to win uh, the SEC title and make it the furthest at the NCAA championships, uh, I think my, my money um, from my IRS tax return is on LSU. <laughs> Which means Mississippi State will beat Arkansas in the final, right? <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, it means you know Florida will beat Texas A and M and five nothing. And yeah, we didn't even talk about A and M. I mean, the SEC in women's college golf, six, seven, eight, really it's strong like football. teams. It yeah. just means it, it's well. We the conference used to be good at football. Now there's one really good team, one team that's still better than most think. Uh, and the rest of them, I'm not sure about. Everyone else stinks. Uh, pretty much, pretty much in terms of what is expected as a fan, uh, among other things. Looking ahead, good men's event uh, just outside Atlanta. You're going to have Georgia Tech, Tennessee, Virginia, ETSU, A&M, Pepperdine. You know, it's not quite maybe a home course advantage for Georgia Tech, but they obviously know the Golf Club of Georgia very well. I'm intrigued by Tennessee. They had a really good team victory at Notre Dame's event. Strong final day. I don't know. I think that is a team that could slowly position themselves to be a a legit top seven, eight, nine, ten team in the spring. I really do. I can see that. All right, you're not buying it. You're not buying it. Well, the 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 only reason I I don't is because again fifth fifth at the sec fall preview they they dropped their match and they they haven't played the schedule that these other elite teams have played i mean they played a home event which they ended up winning which was impressive in and of itself because caleb surratt had the flu and had to be pulling off the golf course halfway through um and then they play notre dame's event which not a great field they win that so this is going to be the week I, i think this is the golf club of georgia typically one of the top maybe six or seven events of the regular season. Um, traditionally, this is, this is one of those where I I could probably answer that or that question of whether I agree with you or not after this event, I I, I have to see it, um, again, like I just have to, I have to see it. And then a friend of uh, our podcast, Crystal Lamprecht now number one in PGA tour you, uh, I'm intrigued to see where he goes. I mean, obviously, the resume is there. Talented player. We talk about Sargent or Dunlap or Thor. Uh, I want to see this young man go out and win two, three times this season and truly say, yeah, you can put me in that conversation. I think he's on the cusp of it. He's had a wonderful nine to 12 months. Uh, I don't want to hold him hostage uh 
with what happened at Greyhawk, maybe it just was never going to suit his game. Fit he his was in eye. a cage. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was in uh, a cage. Um, but I want to see him go out and, and do something. You know what I mean? Like truly make a, a big statement. And you can argue he has, and he certainly has. But I'm being greedy. I want to see more. How about that? Are we giving him the win at uh, the Hogan? Lost the records, the, the, the records it, it's a perfect way to, to end this week because it's one of the most backwards things in yeah, a let's, college let's, golf let's world that we, we never discussed that we that we love that for people maybe that are just casual listeners to us you could have three players tie for co-medalist honors they're all 10 under par some events they're all co-medalists some events they have individual playoffs honestly a lot of it comes down to travel of hey yeah. everyone's getting out of town or their weather issues but you could have a playoff, lose that playoff, and still get credit for a victory. Then why have the playoff? I go back a few point. years ago. They just don't Cole, have the playoff. Cole, they shouldn't do yeah. playoffs unless there's a PGA Tour exemption on the line, which there is. But if if, if everyone's if, not doing them, then if you do do them, I, I, I have no issue with them awarding wins to both. If, if memory serves, a few years ago, Cole Hammer won three times, three co-medalist honors, and was 0-3 in the playoffs. So taking nothing away from Cole, he didn't win three times. But the record books will say he did. Well, in some schools do it differently. Like, I think for the longest time, I remember Robbie Shelton had a couple of those playoff losses, and Alabama wasn't counting those in their media guide and i think i had i had reached out to them and and said hey like he has a couple more wins um just going based on the rules but i i don't know i i just say just don't do playoffs like just don't like if if not everyone's gonna do them then don't do them but you hit on a key you hit on a key point and one of the great things as college golf continues to grow and get bigger you now got five, six, seven events throughout the course of the year, maybe even more, that have a PGA Tour or a Corn Ferry start uh, start going to the champion. So, it, it, you know, it's like when we hear, oh, the players is a fifth major. or Well, then you'd have to go in the record books and wipe everything. It's never going to change. I think it's just our soapbox of, you asked, should he get credit for a win? No, because he lost in the playoff to Cole Sherwood. And my – no, I, opinion. I get it. I, I mean, there's no, this, there's no this, right or wrong. This is like seventh on the priority list for the NCAA right now. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> when it comes let, to college let, golf, let, let's get some rankings out in a few days that we can actually all make sense of. Yeah. Yeah. And now th- that's the question, though. What, what What does Spike Mark think about about playoffs? What would is Christo going to get fewer points uh, from the from the pot of points or 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 no? Which <laughs> tip of the cap to what Mark Lash did for yeah. 30 plus years of figuring this out with golf stat to become the standard of how really the whole season worked in terms of rankings, performance, strength of schedule. I'm the first to raise my hand. That's way that, too far down the rabbit hole for me to even digest. Well, there's there's a good rule of thumb, I think, and it, it's when when something, whether it's a product, 
or a company or a service or anything, when the name is synonymous for like what you use it for, like Kleenex, then I, I feel like that's something where that has earned the right to do whatever it does and be in business for as long as it wants to. Like, so golf stat was synonymous with college golf rankings and live scoring and schedule. Like you just said golf stat and everyone knew what you were talking about, just like Kleenex or I'm trying to think of some like Velcro. I don't, it's Velcro a company. I don't know, but what? I think yeah. I know what you're saying. Clorox. You don't say Clorox. where's the bleach. You say, where's yeah. the Clorox? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or Coca-Cola Coke. Oh, even I though agree. I like Pepsi better, I'll, I'll go on the record uh, for that. So Whoa, whoa. That's a whole other uh, conversation for a different show. Look, Pepsi, uh, Pepsi is better than Coke. Every other Pepsi product is worse than the, the equivalent on the Coca-Cola side. I'll go with that. You, you, you've, you've blown me away. Although I, I gave Which... up drinking... I, I gave up drinking pop on a regular, and it is pop. My wife being from the Midwest, there's no such thing as soda. You have a pop. But I gave it up uh, for Lent like a decade ago. I'd have two, three cans every day, Diet Coke. And I just said, I don't need it. Now, I will have an occasional soda if we get a pizza with the family and boys. Uh, you sometimes <laughs> you just need to have a soda. But I drank my water, a little sparkling water from time to time. So uh, when I do have that pop, one or two a month. I'm like, boy, that just tastes good. I, the best is after a long, hot day on the golf course, going inside, having a sit down lunch or something at the grill room or the clubhouse and getting an ice cold fountain Coke. And normally yeah. it's Coke. And I, again, I don't hate Coke. I love Coke, but I should yeah. probably just well, stop, stop talking in case yeah, Coke wants was... to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> well, we're off the rails. We'll button it up for this week. Oh, we're way good off to the rails. I need ca- a catch. Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not we'll get, see, now you've got me off we the go. rails. Yeah, we, we, just sort of, we sort of knocked it out. We'll do it again next Wednesday or Thursday, right on the eve of me heading over to St. Andrews for our inaugural St. Andrews Collegiate. So we'll, we'll keep rolling right along. And uh, as always, we appreciate uh, everyone for tuning in and, supporting us as they have. So until next week on College Golf Talk, for Brentley, I'm Burko. We will see you then. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.